Hi, I'm Maria. I'm Sarah. And I'm Andrew. And welcome to The The Ridge Ridge Podcast. All right, so this morning we're starting our very first podcast. And um, really, it's just nerve wracking. It is nerve wracking. (laughs) All of us are sitting here like, this is, this feels strange and awkward, but um, but at the same time, really exciting because we are uh, going to talk about some of these topics that we talk about naturally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we're just giving everybody an opportunity to kind of look into some of those conversations. Um, I kind of feel like this kind of came about because we would just sit in the office and talk to one another. Yeah. And we're like, maybe should people should hear this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, because it's stuff that we've, we've heard from people in the church yep. um, in our ministries mm-hmm. and um, stuff that we've been walking through ourselves Truth. and in the pandemic and just trying to figure out how to uh, live our lives in a Christian, godly way. Mm-hmm. So um, so that being said, the first topic that we're going to talk about is living out your faith. Um, and so let's talk about that a little bit. Go ahead, Andrew. You can start us off. I mean, so I guess people will say like, all right, living out my faith. And I think a lot of people will confuse that with like doing like, not missionary work, but like like uh, doing um, good deeds. Yeah. Right, being a you good, know, being a being good, a good person. Yeah. yeah, or like, you know, well, you know, living out my faith, well, I go to church and um, when people ask me if I'm a Christian, I say yes and things like that. But it's like, you know, when we get down to the core of it, what does it really mean to live out your faith? It's right. gritty. You know, are, mm-hmm. you, are you really living are you really talking the talk and walking the walk? Mm-hmm. And I think all of us, you know, go through seasons of life where it's like we're doing a little better than maybe we're doing a little better here. Maybe we're doing right. a little less there. Right. But when I think about really living out our faith, I think it it really comes down to a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It um, does. I don't know. What do you what do you guys think about that? Well, that was kind of like the whole relationship aspect has been what we've really seen through the pandemic. Right. Is that. Um, our relationships, Truth. our relationships just got so much more important because they were no longer accessible. And I think that um, maybe we've we were putting other priorities uh, ahead instead of our relationship with God. And so then, when all of the rest of our relationships were stripped away, we felt like we had nothing. Mm. Um, and so I, that's kind of how I felt. Um, is that our everybody's relationships just shifted in such a way that. Um, that we struggled and we're still struggling. I don't know if we yeah. know how to be in relationship with each other. Mm. And I think that a large part of that comes from, we don't know, we don't know where we're walking with God. You know, I feel like sometimes, especially when we think, when we talk about living on our faith, I feel like it, we, we do like a big checklist. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, if I do all these things right, and if I, you know, if I'm reading my Bible at 5 a.m. in the morning and I'm praying at, at two o'clock and I'm going to church every Sunday, and if I'm, you know, giving to the poor, and if I'm mm-hmm. doing like, we, we do this big, ritualistic type of thing and it's like and especially for me I think growing up it was more like that yeah like you know I grew up in a Pentecostal church it was very a lot of legalism a lot of legalism a lot of rules a lot of regulations if you weren't you know wearing the right shirt if you were if you were wearing shorts instead of pants on Sunday morning you know it's like so maybe you you could talk into why that is not really living out your faith because a lot of people do believe yeah that that's how you do it yeah well I mean I think 
I think when you get down to the core of it, it's relationship with God, right? And so when we have relationship with God, when we're in constant communication with the Lord, you know, that be, you know, some people do have habits, you know, I'm not saying mm-hmm. habits are bad. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not saying that, you know, waking up at six in the morning to pray is a bad thing. You no, know, that's a great thing. Well, we were just talking about that, right? Yeah. You were talking about, what was it you said? What was that? Dis- uh, discipline. Oh, yeah, yeah. This Discipline creates stability. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, like, I was one of those people, like, 5.30 in the morning, like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray. And that created a lot of stability in my life. And it's, like, finding those rhythms that work for you. Yeah. But being in relationship with God, right, if you're in relationship with someone, you know, it's, like, you, there's this consistent communication between right. you. And mm-hmm. so there's, like, this... When there's consistent communication between you and the Lord, like, there's this place of obedience, right? The Holy Spirit kind of leads us and guides us. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, living mm-hmm. in that way is, like, I feel like that's more of a living out your faith thing because it's, like, mm-hmm. you're you're actually walking Right, so Lord. what you're saying is the legalism part of it is not necessarily a bad thing. No, no, I don't. I wouldn't say so. So what you're saying is that's the fruit of... Yeah, man. Yeah, oh, that's good. It's the fruit of your yeah. obedience to the Lord, right? It's right. the fruit of living in communion with the Lord. Yeah. yeah, and I wouldn't even call that legalism, you know what I'm saying? I would just call it walking, like literally living out depending your Depending on what the reasoning yeah, is, Yeah, depending right? on what the reasoning, because I feel like there are people that need that, that yes. need that, right. they need that. Like, right, like, it's a consistency yes. thing. Yes, yeah. right. because like I would, I, was, I would always wonder, like especially growing up in the church, like, yo, why do people have to live this way? Yeah. Right. Like, why do they have to wear their hair in a bun and not put makeup on right. and not have to wear the skirt? But it's like, yo, yeah. that works for those people. And if that right. is, you know, if that's what works for you to live out your faith, because they do live out their faith. I'm not saying that they're not, you know, living out their faith. That just didn't work for me. Right. right. Well, and I think that's really important. You know, like uh, I, I talked about it on Sunday about like our different personality types. I'm an eight. I'm an, on the Enneagram, which I don't, I keep saying this. If you don't know what an Enneagram is, you need to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but Legit. an eight is a challenger. And, um, and so living out my faith is not, is not easy. I feel like I, I do look at some people and because they have this rhythm that they've created, um, they, it's, it's easy for them. And, uh, and it is a battle for me every single day. Yeah. Like, um, I constantly feel like I'm wrestling with God, wrestling with my identity, what God wants me to do, um, you know, how he wants me to talk to people, what he wants me to lead in, um, where he wants me to let go of some things. And, um, and you know, that is, that's what I feel like is the big issue over this last year is that nobody knows um, what they're supposed to do, mm. you know? And so the, because we did create these habits and these rituals and, and church did become something that um like we just we just did it but yeah. we didn't invest in it mm. and um and i would even say the the word investment got distorted because you were technically invested if you were doing bible studies or mm-hmm. you were doing mm-hmm. you know sending oh, your part of the men's group, group. Yep. Yeah. yeah and all that got stripped away and we were like well, what do we do yeah and it, it really got taken down to like <laughs> the grassroots of what does it mean to walk mm-hmm. with jesus and mm-hmm. and that's a personal journey and yes. and we're not mm-hmm. equipped to walk individually we equip people to walk as a group i feel yeah but i think i think there's space for that i think community i think community is an important thing right Agreed. we all need community we Agreed. all need to have people in our corner we all need people to walk alongside with yeah but it is important in those moments you know to have that personal relationship with god mm-hmm. where it's it's one on one it's like you know yeah it's one on one i think during the pandemic too for me personally you know, we feel like we're doing all right. And I want to I want to just speak into as a parent, for those of you that are listening, that are parents, we feel like if we are invested, and we've talked about that, like if you are going to church and taking your kiddos to church, you feel like 
hey, we're, we're doing all right. Mm -hmm. We really are living out our faith that way. For right. me personally, it really got stripped down when the pandemic hit because we were in certain, we've talked about routines and rhythms. We were in mm -hmm. certain routines at home and it did fall apart a little bit in our own house, like doing mm -hmm. our, our family devotions together and that kind of thing. And that made me reflect and realize, you know, walking out my faith and living out my faith is not ritualistic. It's not legalistic. We don't have to do these things to be in communion with God all the time. Right. They are good things as a parent for sure. But really, if you are a parent and you are you are in constant communion with God, if you are if you are in prayer, if you even if you have your Bible out, your kids are seeing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's I think I think it just took it way down to the basics for me. Right. My kids know that I have a relationship with the Lord. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be we don't have to be doing family devotions every single night. Right. Although yeah. that is healthy and that is a good thing, you yeah. know, right. to be connecting as but a family grace. that way. There's yeah. grace. There is grace and I think for me it's been a good thing to realize without having that that ritual of doing the family devotions on a, a really consistent basis, I'm still getting that feedback from my kids that are Oh, did you get up and do your devotions this morning? Because my Bible was laying there, you know, something like that. They're yeah. they're still seeing that, and that's how we foster the growth in our own kids too by right. living that out. No, I think like even some of the most impactful moments in my life, I didn't know when my grandfather was reading on the on you know on the dining room table, mm -hmm. you know, but his Bible was open, and, right. but I saw him praying. Mm -hmm. So it was like, those are the moments that are etched in my head, not necessarily what he was saying, because yes. I don't know what he was mm -hmm. walking through, yes. right. but it was the the consistency and the relational piece that I saw him have with the Lord and that communion that impacted my life. Yes. And my grandmother too, you know what I'm saying? Like seeing them listening to their worship tapes, you know, seeing my grandfather do his shows on, yep. on, um, on Saturday mornings and things like that. It's like, those were the things that were etched in my mind that had mm -hmm. continued and laid a foundation mm -hmm. for me. Right. But what I really think that the pandemic run really shifted things for people like living out their faith. I think like you said, you know, especially being in ministry now, um, seeing, like actually, you know, being in paid ministry, you know, mm -hmm. working for the church. What I saw was a lot of people will bring their children or their youth to be discipled by you. Right. And really, that's right. true. And yes. um, there's a book by Orange. You know, Orange is this huge yes. manufacturer of great <laughs> curriculum and books. Um, it's called Lead Small. And it's, it breaks down the hours, right? It breaks down the hours of how many hours does a youth pastor have them? How many hours does at home have them? How mm -hmm. many hours at school? And yeah. it's like mm -hmm. the the hours and the minutes that I have are so minimal to mm -hmm. everyone else in, their, in these students' lives. And it, the book really talks about integrating those three things. Like we have to integrate school, we have to integrate home, and we have mm -hmm. to integrate church mm -hmm. to really foster and build these be, build these students up so they're actually living out their faith. Mm -hmm. But what the pandemic did, it was it stripped away yes, church, yeah. mm -hmm. school, Mm -hmm. And it brought everybody to home. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think, I really believe that the, I'm not saying that sickness comes from God. Yes, pestilence in the word talks about that. Right. But I really believe that this was a season for us to really reevaluate where yeah. we are just as a church, just well, as a culture, just as people. God is going to use everything for his good. Absolutely. And, that, and so I do think that, it, you know, like this, this did, I, I read something where it said, you know, it took trends that were happening already it accelerated them by, you know, in, in a year, what would have happened in 10 years. Exactly. And so, so we've been moving in this direction for a really long time. Um, in that we've just been, we've just been creating barriers in, in an effort to, um, 
to help disciple people, we've actually created a lot of barriers. Mm. And so, and we've done that by one, almost being really good at your job as a youth pastor, right? Because yeah. you, the, people will come and they will send their kids to you because like, you rock it kid, out. Yeah, I want your, I want my kid to be with you exactly. and to learn about God through you. But it's like, you know, what happens? Like, yep. all right, so I can teach them about God for an hour. You know, right. the leaders can teach, the, you know, about God for an hour, hour and a half. And not to negate the value in that. No, no, no. there's a lot no, of value. Yeah, you need that. You need leaders around you. You need, you know, you need people to encourage you. You need those things. And, you know, there's no better place to send your kids than a youth group or right. children's program or to a discipleship program. Absolutely. Right. Nothing better. But if that's not reinforced at home. And right. actually the bulk of the discipleship needs to be happening at home. Yeah, the parents need to, But we need to equip parents yep. to be able to do that. I agree. So one, one last thing um, that I wanted to talk about is, you know, we, we were talking about rhythms and, um, and, and seeing our parents uh, read the Bible or, or whatnot. But, mm-hmm. um, but for, there's a lot of people that had, didn't have that experience. Yeah. So, um, so that when you're, when you've not grown up seeing those types mm-hmm. of things and then you become a Christian and it, it can be really confusing as where do I even start? And then you look around and you may see something and say, that's not going to work for me. Mm. You know, I've known so many people, um, my husband included, and he's going to hear this and be like, oh, why did you do <laughs> oh, Maria, this? Why are you talking about me on I the know, Rich podcast? And it's because I love you. It's because I love you. <laughs> oh. But, um, but no, but the truth is, is that like he came to be a Christian as an adult mm. and after we had been, um, been dating and, um, and so for him, he's, he's tried a lot of different uh, things, but it's just never felt like, you know, like, right. It's just mm. never felt like, like the click happened. And, um, and so it can be really defeating to, to try and learn how to live your faith out. And especially when you have a wife who's like a thousand times faster <laughs> than everybody in the world. Um, but so I, I think that we got to speak into that too, like those people, cause there's a lot of them and there's actually more than I, than I would think, mm. you know, like there's people that, that have seen those patterns, but, um, but as the generational curse breaker, right. As the, as the person that maybe didn't grow up in such a, a great way and they're now creating habits for their own family. Yeah. That's where I'm like, man, how do you speak into well, that? Well, I think, I think what you said was really cool. Like when did it click? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I have a good story on that one. <laughs> okay. So, Maria, my experience with my husband is very much the same. Brian um, became a Christian when we were dating, and I remember several years ago after we had had kids. Now, I did grow up in a Christian home, so my story is a little bit different, um, especially for the people that you were speaking into, the mm-hmm. ones that didn't grow up in a Christian home. But I think this might help somebody. Um, I had watched my grandmother. She died about a year ago. I had watched her kind of peripherally live out her faith her entire life. And I didn't realize what an effect that had had on me until I had kids. And I really wanted to be able to disciple my own kids, but I really had no idea on how to do it. You know, take them to church. That's kind of what everybody starts with, right? right? right. Um, But I had a husband that wasn't really on board. He was a baby Christian and wanted to be home reading the paper and drinking his coffee on Sunday morning, which... Shout out to Brian. Shout out to Brian. (laughs) Um, Which, you know, that's fine, but we have to disciple our kids. So as a parent... I had just said one day, Brian, if that's what you want to do, that's awesome. Go for it. But I'm going to take my kids to church. Mm-hmm. So our kids to church. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to take our- <laughs> I'm going to take our kids to church. So that's kind of where I ended up starting. I just I knew that that would please the Lord, so I just started bringing them on my own and inevitably 
he followed. Right. And I had asked my grandmother one time, you know, how do I do this? How do I do this when I have a, a spouse that isn't leading? Because I had grown up Baptist, you know, the man is the leader of the family, right? He's supposed to be leading our family. Right, and right. she said, she said, you just lead until he catches up. You know, it's funny because the Amen. word says, right, pulling on people with cords, like the Lord pulls on us with cords of love. And I think so many times, like, we try to pull on people with, like, cords of disdain or, yes. or, or anger or, or give you an attitude guilt. or hurry up or guilt, guilt or shame, yeah. you know, and it's like the Lord says he pulls on us with cords of love. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like, all right, you know. So I, if you're feeling I, those things, then that that's probably not from the Lord. Yeah. That's a really good reference point. Like, where where are you being pulled on in your life that that is creating guilt or shame. I know that for me, like that's a, that's a, that's impactful for mm. me because it isn't from the Lord. Yeah. It isn't because our relationship with him, the, the burden is light. Like yeah. it's, sh it shouldn't be, I'm not saying it's not work, yeah. I, but it, because all relationships are work, but it shouldn't be something that is so hard that you feel just crushed by, um, by walking out your faith. You yeah. know, like if you don't do this, then, then you're wrong. Or if you, you know, for me, if I don't say the exact right thing to my child who's five and ask all the questions, <laughs> you know, all the things um, that I'm somehow distorting her perspective of Jesus. Sure. And, um, I mean, I think it's important too, especially as parents, to equip your children in a way to know who Jesus is, but let them formulate their own opinion. Mm -hmm. Because they have to, they're going to, it's a personal thing, right? They you have, have to. to get to know him. So like for me, and I guess that kind of segues into my story a little bit, like my grandparents were the, one of the bigger influences for the church in my life. My mom and my dad didn't go to church growing up. Mm -hmm. So I had this kind of weird lifestyle or not even a lifestyle, but just kind of this weird upbringing where it was like, if I was with grandma and grandpa, we went to church all the time. Right. And if I was at home, it was very different. It did create balance in my life as I got older. It was because it, the because growing up in a old school type of Pentecostal church, we went to church all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it was Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, twice on Sunday. You were involved in everything. And I was and involved in everything. I was a musician. You know, I was I was growing up. So it was like, and I was doing Saturday shows with my grandfather. So it was like, church was all the time we, for we me. We all know how Andrew feels about Saturday services. Oh, yeah. I love, <laughs> I, I do not want to do a Saturday service <laughs> at all. And Pastor Mark knows that. Shout out to UPM. That's right. But for me growing up, like, Yes, I grew up in the church, a lot of great experiences in the church, but I would say like faith for myself really developed in my 20s. Mm -hmm. Like that's when I really like, when I, not that I had a love for the word at 16, 17, but it really turned on for me when I got like that 20, 21 age because it was mm -hmm. like, all right, what church is offering me is boring. Mm -hmm. And what the world is offering me sounds so much better. It, right. it, it, it feels good to do all these things. It feels good to be in these lanes. It feels good because not I think... Not be accountable. Yeah, not mm -hmm. be... Well, I think just being suppressed for so many years, too. Yep. And I think mm -hmm. that's why you see a lot of young people leave the mm -hmm. church is yep. because, you know, people can just have this grip on them and not let them experience anything. But, like, for me growing up, it was like if you did sports and it conflicted with church, you were wrong. Right. And, and that's not... That's not... That's a really bad. That's a really bad view. Like right, that. That right. shouldn't be well, happening. Well, you're going in the back church. to the legalism view. The, super right. legalism, yeah. right? So, like, and then like counterpart. You know, yeah. now we have students that just all they do is play sports. An interesting thought that I just had. Isn't it interesting that that's we always get sucked into the trap of legalism? And I was literally just reading in Galatians about the the struggle that Paul had with the legalism. Mm. Of church, you know, like in, in Galatians, the the Jew the Jews that were Christians uh, were trying to say that new believers mm -hmm. had to become Jewish first, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Paul was like, 
no, <laughs> like that is not the case that, um, you know, Jesus came and he died and he, he took away, like, I mean, it's not saying that the law and yeah, that yeah, the, yeah. the rhythms that come from that are, are, bad, are bad. They're yeah. just not, they're not going to give you salvation. Yeah. And that, and that is one of those things where I think that we get sucked into legalism and we think that, that we're on the path to something that is outside of just a relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus. And the new covenant came so we would not have yeah. to worry about the legalistic views, right? right? What is the verse that says um, all things are permissible but not all things are beneficial? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And yeah. there's like, there's there's other verses where Paul speaks about like, he's like, all right, you guys say that we have to do the Sabbath on this day and this one says you have to do the Sabbath on that day. Right. But he's like, but what's the, what's the foundation of it all as long right. as it's Christ? Right. You know, if Christ is the main focus, mm -hmm. what does it matter if you have your Sabbath on Tuesday and I right. have mine on, on Friday? Right. You know, Haley was asking me some questions the other day about is it okay to do this and is it okay to do that? And I told her, she, she had said to me, now my daughter Haley is 13, and she really wanted to know why the Bible can't be more modern, like speaking to mm. Facebook and right. Instagram right, and right, that right. kind of thing. She's like, you know, it'd be a lot easier to read if it were more relatable to me right now. And sure. I said, you know, I do understand that. And there are some things that scripture doesn't cover in black and white, right? But what we can take from it, what my general rule of thumb is, would Jesus be pleased? Mm. Ooh, would yeah. Christ be pleased? I ask myself that all the time, especially if it's not something I can go to scripture and say, is this a topic a covered in scripture? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, knowing the character, but we have to know his character. We have, and, right. and to do that, we have to be in the word. We, right. we that's really, really do. The only, that's yeah. really the only way. Well, well, I mean, like just growing up, I think for me, where it clicked, well, not where it clicked, but I think the love for the word of God was really the foundational piece to push me in. Well, you know, like uh, life circumstances, right? Situations mm -hmm. will push you, you know, in either direction. And I think some of the choices that I was making was pushing me in the opposite direction. And I was like, yo, I don't like these choices. Right. I got I to gotta make a switch up. Right. right. But it was for the love for the word and knowing God's character through the word of God. Right. And knowing who he was through his word. Right. To know that he's a gracious father. To know that he's for me and not against me. Right. You know, we can pull out all the verses. So that goes all the way back to the beginning, living out our faith. We can't live out our faith unless we know who we're living for, right? Right. So, so we good. have to know the word. So we good. have to know the yes. word. We have to be in the word so we can know this great God that we are trying to live for. Yeah. Right. So right. really, that's yeah. the foundational piece there. Right. So that's where we need to start. Okay. Yeah, because if you don't know God, then what are you living for? Right. Yeah, then you how can know? you be in a relationship? Yeah. How with can them? you be in a relationship with someone you don't know? Right. Right. Uh, what's that verse? Um, why do you cry out to me, Lord, Lord, if you don't do what I what I say? Mm. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that's at, but. It just, Sounds like it's in there. It, no, no, no. I, I think it's in. I think it's in one of the gospels. But I always remember it from like growing up, because mm -hmm. it was like a song that that we, that we used to sing in, in the old school church. Yeah. And um, it was there was like a lot of little songs that just had so much truth in them. And now that I think about it, it's like, oh mm -hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. like how can I, how can I say I'm living for you if I don't even know what you want right, me to right, do right. or what you're saying to me or if I'm not living the way you want me to live. So that would be like a challenge, right? For for each one of us. Um, and those who are listening today that 
if you don't know where to start, start in the word, mm. right. you know, and it doesn't matter where in the word, start wherever in the word. There are so many, if, if you're not that person that wants to just jump in randomly, mm. there are so many resources online. Absolutely. You can do a scripture writing plan, which I think is really cool. And they've got a lot of Facebook groups on that too, where mm -hmm. you can go in and you've got a plan for the month and you write right. out scripture and share it. So you're kind of held accountable too, if you need that accountability piece, mm -hmm. but there are all kinds of resources online on where to start and how to start. There's a, a one year Bible that you can get yep. or a one year reading plan. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I did try that. How, how got, far did you get? I got a little bogged down with the tabernacle and all that good stuff. And uh, <laughs> the, I think it was I Leviticus. would rather hear preachings about that than the, I would, yeah, you know, kind of read about it. Yes, that's that right. was... Like, I want to hear the teaching on that this. Was like, a little, this that was a little yeah. rough. I went into Numbers one day, and I... <laughs> And my dad was like, what are you doing? Was that like your starting point? N yeah, I was like, I'm just going to read numbers. I'm just going to oh, do it. Okay. And, and I just, and I just like jumped into numbers. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> you know? So. Why am I doing this? That's right. Like, okay, Why am I reading all these like, names and what's relevant? happening? I'm looking, I'm looking for the connection here. But I think we're, just start, you know, like just start somewhere. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we're here to walk with you as you do that. Uh, all right, so um, if you're looking for a starting point, if you're not sure um, what to do, there's a couple different options, right? So the first thing, first and foremost, is getting in the Word and really, um, mm -hmm. and really exploring what that looks like for you. And there's lots of resources. And Sarah's I would definitely say start in like one of the Gospels. Yeah. Like learning mm -hmm. about who Christ is. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people say start in the Book of John, but I was listening to the Book of John the other day, and it was so funny because, you know, I like you know, Lord of the Rings and like Game of Thrones and things like that. And it's like, I'm listening to the book of John and it's like the word, you know, the word was before and it's like all things were created through him. And it's like, man, that sounds like this most epic. You need to have like the music in the background. <laughs> yes, like this, this intense, like. You wrapped me on a dun, journey. Dun. Yes, oh Lord. No, but I think, I think starting in the gospels is a great, great, great thing. Like yeah. learn who Christ is, like learn mm -hmm. what he came to do And for a us. good book also just a kind of give you a, an idea of how to live and how to live out your faith is the book of James too. Mm. That's, yes. that's a great yes. starting point yes. on how to live out your faith. Yeah. And that's not very long either. No, it isn't. It's yeah. only five chapters. So. I'll, I'll say like I, I myself have done before where I picked the shortest books possible. <laughs> that's not a read, bad thing. And read through them. So, and I was like, I felt so accomplished at yeah. the end. I was like, but having, man. Having the context and I think having a really good study Bible, especially if you want to dive into that's the word, right. learning the context of what's happening, what's being said, who's speaking, why they're speaking, yes. the tone in which mm -hmm. they're speaking. I think those things are super, 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 mm -hmm. super, super important. And if you're brand new to scripture, you really do need a good study Bible because a lot of things will be very confusing to yes. you. You're not mm -hmm. exactly sure why it was written or why it was said a certain way. Right. And the notes are so helpful. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Writing, yeah, le just like reading down. Yes. Like, oh, this is why he said that. Yes. This is why that means this way. And, that. and, and take it in small bites. Like it's, it yes. sounds, I mean, as a, as a person coming into reading the Bible, even if they've been a Christian for a long time, like a lot of people are Christians and they believe in Jesus, but they don't know what the word says because mm. approaching the word is so uh, intimidating. And so, yeah, and a lot of so people do get intimidated by mm -hmm. that. You just build, you just start somewhere and you build and you start, you know, you read something and you're like, oh, that's really interesting. I wonder mm. what was happening around there. Or you look at the maps and you're like, oh, wow, look at this map. And wow, that was a long way for them to travel. You know, just, you just go down that road. But, but if you think about all of those things, at once, you're yeah, going to get no, overwhelmed. No, yeah. I had a um, teacher say, um, who was teaching us about like devotions and things like that. He's like, one chapter at a time. One and he said, read the chapter, just read it mm -hmm. yep. for enjoyment. 
now read it and pick through promises. Right. Pick through what God is saying, what he's not saying, Ooh, like what, what's pointing out to you, what's really standing out to you. Mm. He said, now after you, after you read it the second time, well, actually he said, read it once, read it the second time and summarize it. Right. The third time, read through it, pick out what you see, what is God saying, what is, what is he telling you not to do, what he's telling you to do, and, um, and then write down what, what really impacts you. Mm-hmm. And so when I approach the word, I always have a journal with me because yeah. uh, that's mm-hmm. just a thing that really works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I just write down things that, that really stand out to me. Like today when I was doing my devotions, discipline creates stability. That's what, that's what, that's stood, what stood out to out. me. Yep. Right. And so I think approaching the word. But I also think prayer is a super, that's super, huge. super ingredient. That's yeah. huge. Yep. Yep. Because prayer is lifeline, right? It, it really is. is. It we is talked about that the other day. Yeah. And we were talking about how important prayer is. And if you have a prayer routine, I think that's amazing. I've never been able to really develop a routine of prayer. I mean, we're, sure. as a family, we kind of do it like a lot of families do, right. you know, we'll, we'll pray together, breakfast, lunch, dinner, before bed and all that good stuff. And I pray on my own quite often, but I was telling Andrew the other day that I really have just a constant communion with the Lord throughout mm-hmm. the day. Yeah. And yep. it doesn't necessarily, I've always thought that you had to have this dedicated prayer time have this really deep prayer time and I don't necessarily I don't know how you guys feel about that but for me it's just a constant communion with the Lord during the day you know what's funny my grandmother would say Andrew siempre estoy orando Ooh. <laughs> My little Span- pulling out the Spanish a little bit. She's like, Andrew, I'm always praying. Yeah. Yes. I'm always praying and I'm always praying for you. And, you know, you wouldn't know the amount of prayer, you know. Yeah. And I, so I just see my, because my grandma's, you know, she's a, she's at home. Right. You know, she's, she's, she's a sickly woman. So it's like, she doesn't go to church. Right. You know, well, not the physical building. Right. But, um, you know, they always have their worship music on, but she's, she's just always consistent in prayer. Yes. I have a funny story real quick. <laughs> so I, you know, we set the kids down to eat and. And I'll say, they'll start eating, and I'll be like, did you pray? And Charlotte will be like, in my head. And I'm like, only you and Jesus know if that's true. <laughs> so, and then instantly she's, you know, praying. But Parenting um, moments. I have a right. friend that's like, I won't pray for my food. He's like, I'm not doing that. He's like, I pray anyway. People. It's so funny. But that's another thing, speaking about Shout food. Shout out to you, friend. So we were talking about another another um, way to connect, and, and you can speak more into this than I can, but no. fasting. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think fasting is super important. Um, it wasn't, I, I remember my first fast. I remember my first fast. I was with my grandfather. We were at church. It was like a little men's retreat thing that they had on the weekend. And so we were going to fast. And this is old school fasting. It was like, not this Daniel fast stuff, not, um, you know, giving up. The social media wasn't even a thing then, so we couldn't fast social media. But it was like water, straight water for three days. And <laughs> as a kid growing up, it was like, what am I doing here? And <laughs> that so like I remember, gives me anxiety. Yes. About it. So we were, so we were praying at the altar and this is like praying at the altar was like a huge, huge thing. So we're praying at the altar. We're all there at the altar. And my cousin is knocked out sleeping. <laughs> he is knocked out. He is snoring. And I remember, um, pastor Danny, rest in peace, great man of God. Um, he banged on the altar to wake him up. So funny, oh, but man. I'm praying at the altar and I'll never forget. Cause I'm seeing donuts fall from the sky <laughs> yes i am i am seeing donuts fall from the sky as a revelation as a, from jesus oh i was so hungry and i remember looking at my grandfather and i'm like grandpa i am so so hungry and i remember we went home and i ate this huge plate of rice and beans but um but when i got a little older 
was like, uh, I really started learning the, you know, the importance of fasting, like turning over your plate to really focus on the Lord and taking that intentional time. Cause it's, um, you know, some of us, um, we've heard about fasting and it'd be like, well, I'm going to fast this, but then you kind of just switch over to something different. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to do social media, but I'm going to go and play outside or something like that. Can you, for those of our listeners that are brand new, can sure. you speak into why we fast, what it is exactly? Because sure. I think there are a lot of listeners that probably mm -hmm. have heard of fasting, sure. but they really are confused on what it is and why we do it. Right. So fasting is intentional time that you say, I'm going to turn over my plate. So that can be food, that can be social media, that can be anything that's distracting, taking that time to focus on the Lord. So that can be through prayer, through scripture reading, mm -hmm. through worship. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, and usually you set uh, time frames, right? You say, all right, there's a three-day fast. Yeah. You know, the, the word talks about three-day fast. The, the Bible talks about 21-day fast. It talks about Daniel and his 21-day fast. And that's the Daniel fast that mm -hmm. are very, very popular, especially mm -hmm. this time of year. Mm -hmm. uh, and Bible those are things that you can look yeah, up online, Yes, correct? yeah, and you can look through it. And they have diets for all that stuff now, which is crazy. And, um, and the Bible talks about a 40-day fast, which, which uh, Jesus did in the wilderness, right, to prepare right. himself for for ministry. And so those are things, you know, that you can go into the word more and you can look it up online. You know, I'm just kind of giving like a little mm -hmm. brief thing for in sure. my little bit of knowledge that I have um, that you can do. I mean, but it's just intentional time to seek the Lord. Yeah. It's intentional time mm -hmm. to say, all right, God, I'm going to turn over my plate. And I'm like, oh, my pastor back in Connecticut would say, you know, hey, turn over your plate for breakfast, turn over your plate for lunch, whatever works for you, turn over your plate and take that time to be in prayer, take that time to be in the word, take that time to be in worship. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed, especially when I fasted, especially when I got older and I took fasting seriously, it's like, man, you get so connected to God in such a different way. And the Holy Spirit really starts to move in you because you've taken that intentional time to say, God, I'm going to seek you right. above all else. Right. Just recently, Tammy had asked some of us to fast, um, and I had chosen to fast with her for mm -hmm. 24 hours, mm -hmm. and it was a food fast, so it was just water. And I think just talking about living out our faith, as a parent, fasting sounds like a big deal, and it really, it is a big deal, but I made it clear to my kids that I was fasting, and my eight-year-old chose to fast with me. So. Right. Again, that's, awesome. that's another really simple way to live yes. out your faith and for your kids, speaking yeah. to the parents and the families here, for your kids to see you do that. Um, and she jumped right in. They're natural mimics, kids are. So right, right. when you're living out your faith at home, they are going to follow. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think, and the word talks about how prayer and fasting breaks things you know right. it, it talks about how it break it breaks generational curses right. it breaks the hand of the enemy over your life it breaks those things that you know bad habits and things that you've been struggling with it says mm -hmm. what i think it's 21 days to create new habits mm -hmm. is that a true thing right that, yeah it is mm -hmm. so it's like it takes 21 days to create new habits and it's like when you take that intentional time to focus on the lord if you walking through bad habits walking through um reoccurring sin in your life mm -hmm. praying fasting can right. really break that you right. know, and you can see new habits develop and you can see new things. And the important thing is that after those 21 days, after those seven days, after those three days, after those 40 days, whatever you decide in fasting, it's like continue some of those things. Right. Yeah, you're not going to stop, continue, stop eating. Maybe you're going to open up your diet again, mm -hmm. but still, you know, walking in those disciplines to see the Lord really move mm -hmm. in your life is so super, super, super right. important. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah, so there's there's some um, some ways that you can start. And, and if you're still wondering what that looks like in your life, then please reach out to us and, yeah, and talk to us about it because, um, because we're walking through it too. And for real, and, uh, we're walking through it, like through, <laughs> through it, it. <laughs> through it. So, you know, like we're, 
we're on this journey with you and and um and yeah, we're, we're not better than anyone right no no absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> so, and we're still learning what this means in our lives oh yeah exactly yep. i don't think but that's the thing is i don't think that, that ever changes yeah. it's we will it's consistent we will always be on this journey trying to figure out what it means to mm-hmm. live out our faith so mm-hmm. so join us with that and then next week we're going to talk a little more in depth about living out your faith with your family mm-hmm. um because it's 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 one thing to, you know, do it for yourself, and you could certainly model that um, to the people around you. But when you have uh, other people that are different yeah. personalities and they're just they're different people in your family, then that, that changes yeah. the dynamic a bit. So we're gonna dive more into that next week. So please join, join us. us. Join us, friends. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be great. All right.